0: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.
1: What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So once again, we're in the season of Spotify Wrapped. The app is telling all its subscribers what their top songs and artists were for the year. This year, mine went a little more indie with Ike Slimster, but last year it was Ye, the artist formerly known as Kanye West. Now, if you remember, this time last year, Ye was tripping. Kanye West tweeted, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. You
0: can't call me anti-Semitic for saying I'm going DEFCON 3. I think what you said was is that, that, that sounds pretty
1: anti-Semitic, except for the fact that I am Jew. Before the rapper had posted an image of the Star of David with a swastika inside. Kanye West called Black Lives Matter a scam following backlash over the Donda rapper wearing a White Lives Matter shirt to his Paris Fashion Week show. me we of him talking about how George Floyd actually died.
0: They hit him with the fentanyl. If you look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. When he what? said mama, mama his is his girlfriend. They said he screamed for his mama. Mama was
1: his girlfriend. Okay, tripping is an understatement. And needless to say, I didn't publicize my Spotify wrapped too much at the time. Still though, since I have been such a fan over the years, and I happen to be in Chi-Town, where the man is from, I felt like all the controversy deserved a conversation on the show. After all, it was on everybody's minds, especially Chicagoans, and celebrity news coverage doesn't always capture the nuance of the situation. Around that time, I had the pleasure of talking to Jeffrey McCune Jr., who's been absorbing and analyzing Ye's existence in the culture for a while now. He's an African-American literature professor and chair in the Department of Black Studies at the University of Rochester. He's also from Chicago. He and Ye grew up here around the same time and a few years ago, he taught a class about then Kanye West. We are spending this whole week commemorating the 50th anniversary of hip hop by returning to our most memorable episodes on the subject, starting with my conversation with Professor McCune. So you've been teaching about Kanye since about 2017. And even then, it was a controversial class. What was going on with Kanye around that time and in the world that inspired that course initially?
0: I mean, there was so much. I mean, one of the things was, you know, I'm from Chicago. You know, we were born and raised in the same year, same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Actually just found out that we went to preschool together, which is crazy. It's <laughs> um, so wow. So I was interested in, like, how can we talk about an artist that has a very complex character, right? His music mm-hmm. was complex. His his politics were complex. At that time, it was only complex, right? It was like, we don't know what Kanye is thinking, right? We don't know <laughs> what is, you know, when he said Bush doesn't care about Black people, we like that, right? And so then we saw this break that happened, right, which was he had this breakdown in the middle of a concert, right? And he um, Mm. went into um, an institution and people were just starting to call him crazy. And what I thought was that people were getting mixed up between mental health and the crazy that is the creative, Mm. right? Because one of the things I wanted to teach about is like, artists are crazy, um, but crazy (laughs) in terms of their creativity. But many people were trying to call him crazy as in insane, as in out of his mind. And I was trying to, to mm. get my students to understand the relationship between the kinds of crazy-making of celebrity and the ways in which crazy is used against Black people like Lauren Hill, like Kanye, to dismiss anything that they would say. Mm.
1: So there was a time very recently when you were going to teach another Kanye class. Um, We'll get into why that's no longer happening in a moment. But let's start with what, what had inspired you to kind of return to this content.
0: So part of what I wanted to return to was Kanye's, what I call Kanye's, return to a white evangelical Christianity right? I, I know Kanye as a gospel artist from the time of Jesus Walks, right? Like in my mind, Jesus Walks was emblematic of mm. what was happening in Chicago in terms of the gospel scene and the way it fused right right into his, um, into his work. And so the gospel anthem, the, the kind of gospel sound, that was all in his work anyway, right? He was layering human voice. He was doing all yes. this stuff, right? So I was like, Oh my god, we I got to keep going with this because I think that the evolution of Kanye sampling gospel to Kanye being gospel is actually quite crazy, right? Mm. Like, like like it is his move to to being gospel becomes his move into what I call white supremacy, right? Because white supremacy is a, is undergirding white evangelical Christianity.
1: So tell me, what about Kanye becoming gospel. Just break that down for me. What about that gives you this clue into the beginning of his white evangelical Christianity that he's leaning into right now?
0: So when I saw all of these white folks in concert worshiping Jesus Christ and doing what Kanye said and going with the music and and playing with, right, this kind of mix of hip hop and gospel, hmm I was like, Kanye's entered a new dimension. Like, this is this is not sampling. This is actually some kind of religious production, right? When I saw the Sunday services, white evangelical ministers, mm. Joel Osteen, when I saw mm. Joel Osteen roll up, I said, oh, <laughs> he's in business, Uh-oh. right? He's in a different level of gospel grandeur. And to me, that was far away from the Kanye Right, who talked about Jesus walking amongst us? The Kanye that, that actually evoked the idea that Jesus could be woman, man, right? Jesus could be black. Like his mm-hmm. commitment in Jesus' walks was very much about the people and about what Jesus meant amongst the people. I was getting the sense that, oh my God, he's catapulted and thinks that he's Christ now. Jesus. Jesus. Right. And so he's always been propagating that that notion of himself. And that was just to kind of separate himself from Hova. Right. Um, you know, I'm not Hova, but I'm mm-hmm. Jesus. Right. Like, like, But I am I'm still of the same cloth. Right. Yeah. And so I think that, that was a great PR gesture. But when it becomes real. Right. It, it becomes dangerous.
1: You know what? While we're on the topic of Hova and Jesus, a lot of what I've read um, about your research is Kanye in the context of his peers and how we refer to Kanye. I mean, his, Ye's existence first, I think, really touched people from behind the scenes as he was a producer. It touched Black folks from places like Chicago and from Chicago itself. But then he kind of blew up into this big international icon. And some people refer to him as a genius. (laughs) Some would say the same thing about Hova. And so... You know, talk about this genius term that we've placed on on people like them.
0: So it's really um, difficult right now to categorize Kanye as genius when we have all these kind of idiotic statements circulating around him, right, that tell us that there's a a lack of knowledge about social issues, around social realities, about Blackness, about culture in general— Right, it's very difficult to categorize him as genius now. Historically, I have actually used genius to talk mostly about his construction of music, right? The way he makes music, his 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 audacity, right? As insofar as music is concerned. Mm. Actually, what I write about is that. The, some of the genius of blackness itself is our audacity to surpass the circumstances that we are given as black people, particularly in Chicago during the time when we grew up in the crack epidemic and with so many statistics to say we wouldn't even see 21. Right. I, I don't even want to quote the line of, of Kanye, you know, where he says, I didn't even think I reached 25. Right. So that audacity to reach beyond 25 is an audacity of genius, right? So I don't want to discount that kind of genius, but the audacity to suggest that slavery was a choice, the audacities to suggest that um, that black people are so docile that they would just vote for anybody who said we got black people's back, the the idea to suggest so many grotesque things about black women, right? The idea that Jewish people are akin to, you know, Satan, right? Like like these kinds of gestures that Kanye makes, it challenges any idea about genius. Yeah. You know, yeah. it almost makes them a joke, right?
1: So let's get into that. Um, what has made it hard, you know, the, the difficulty that is surrounding us around being a fan of Kanye? Tell me, is is this factoring into why you're not going to be teaching that class after all this year?
0: So look, I am not a fan of anti-Blackness and I'm not a fan of anti-Semitism. I believe that there are critiques for Black folks and I believe there are critiques for Jewish people. But I think that those critiques have to be posited, not in discrimination and hate, Right. As we posit those critiques, it has to be about advancing the conditions of people. And so Kanye using his platform to be anti-Black or anti-Semitic creates a situation where any kind of publicity or any kind of course that I could teach is unfortunately overshadowed by that kind of foolishness. And so for me, is it important to teach Kanye and mm-hmm. understand his artistry and his work? Yes. Is it important to highlight a course in his name and, and, and make him a focal point? No, right? I, I mean, there are reasons why I wouldn't teach some other artists courses because of their relationship to certain types of evils in the world and mm-hmm. their unwillingness. Let me be clear, their unwillingness to actually apologize for misspeaking, for misunderstanding, and for for their own kind of misimpressions of history, right? The unwillingness to actually come back from that or to apologize or to, to show some kind of remorse makes me unable to teach them ethically.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I want to get into this anti-Black conversation because this is something that's that's come up quite a bit. Um, we know Kanye has been talking about race and ethnic issues for a long time, way before this conversation, that he, rhetoric about Jewish people. It started off in his music, then in his defense of Black victims of Hurricane Katrina, uh, which you referenced earlier. But then he made those comments right about slave, slavery being a choice. Um, he aligned himself with Donald Trump and a few white supremacists some people have started to call him anti-black I I'm curious if you think that is um, is is that really what's going on here is Kanye anti-black
0: Yeah see I think that this is the this is the conundrum that we live in right anti-blackness is so well woven in our culture that all of us can articulate it at different points. Many of us recognize it when it comes now is Kante, is Kanye not Kante? Is Kanye anti-black?
1: I believe it's Ye. Yay.
0: yay, that's right. Is <laughs> Yay, is Yay anti-black? Is a good question. My dance on this is Kanye traffics in anti-blackness too much. That in his associations with the Republican Party, with Donald Trump, with uh Candace Owens, right? He is playing with fire. He is dancing in that world of anti-Blackness, and he's not critiquing it. Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know,
0: there's a great uh, quote by Desmond Tutu who says that if you are at any point neutral on ideas of oppression, you are siding with the oppressor. And I I fundamentally believe that's true. I don't know if I would call him anti-Black because I caution the idea to say that the totality of his Black experience is Mm -hmm. erased because he speaks— these rhetorics of anti-Blackness.
1: Yeah. I know that you are um, not living in Chicago at the moment, but, you know, as you said, there are so many Chicago parallels between you and, and Kanye. And and um, I'm wondering if you still have your ears to the ground when it comes to Chicagoans, how they're feeling about Ye at the moment. Are, are Natives feeling ambivalent, apathetic, bothered? How are you feeling as a Native and, and folks that you know who are still in the city?
0: Oh, my God. My, my people in Chicago... You know, I'm, I'm there next week. I was there two weeks ago. And everywhere I go, people want to talk about Yay. right? They're like, <laughs> okay, you the man. I want you to talk about Yeah And I'm like, I'm not talking about Yay today. Like, I'm I'm just not interested. Like, I don't want to give him no more. He said everything he needed to say. What he needs to do is take a moment to get his mind right, to get his spirit right, and to come back whole, right? We've been saying that for a few years, yes. right? Well, when I get in these conversations with folks, what I want to say here is that we know that the route to freedom ain't easy. Mm. We know that even when we were incarcerated by law, in mass as slaves, when folks went to getting free, they chose various routes. Some folks chose to sit up in master's house. Some folks chose to oversee other slaves, thinking that they were going to get more out of it. And I'm cautious to say that there's any route that is not still an imagining of freedom. Mm. But I think when I talk to people, people act as if, you know, they want to say Kanye's a sellout. That Kanye's, you know, Kanye's no longer, you know, relevant. But but Kanye actually is showing us some of the detours that many people are making in the everyday trying to justify all types of violences wow. against other people, right? He he is exposing for us what happens when audacity, right? The early audacity that I complimented, I think that it gets reframed and that he now has the audacity to traffic in anti-blackness, anti-Semitism, anti-difference. Like his audacity has gone to another level. Right, it was cool when the audacity went to making better music, using music that we would not think uh, using sounds that we would not imagine. right? That's beautiful. But when you start going against your own interests, I mean, it's 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 troubling um
1: I want to just ask you about this article that uh, a very smart bro, Damon Young, wrote about <laughs> Kyrie Irving um, for The Washington Post last month. And he says, among many other things, and with a lot more context that I'm giving it right now, that Irving is a young man working through some of his curiosities about the world in a very public way without an intellectual anchor. Mm. And again, there's more to it. But I just, I wonder how that lands for you in the context of Kanye, who is older than Irving, who has been doing it for longer than Irving, um, but, you know, is still this person who appears to be very much thinking through a lot of things in a way that, happens to be very public. I mean, you talked about there are people on the ground that are doing some similar things that Kanye's is doing. I'm curious about what it means that that this is so public. And, and the intellectual anchor piece is also really interesting to me. I wonder what you think about that, too.
0: Yeah, I love Damon Young. I think he's, he's uh, amazing. And I think that the difference between Kyrie and Kanye is that on some levels, right, I think he's right, right? Kyrie Irving was seeking something, he was seeking knowledge, right? And there was an intellectual anchor that was missing that made him make certain choices and certain moves and actually advance a certain kind of rhetoric or uh, visual material that he didn't think about, right? Um, and so there was a, a certain kind of intellectual uh, immaturity there that I think we should have some grace for. Kaye actually has what I call intellectual refusal all the knowledge at his disposal. And even when knowledge comes to him, he's going to negate it, right? You ain't got the answers, Sway. <laughs> but sometimes you do have the answers, right? Let's say well, Sway do have an answer sometimes. If you ask Sway, Sway might actually give you right the answers. You wanna know about slavery, talk to some slave historians. You wanna know about Judaism, talk to some Jewish scholars. You wanna know about blackness, talk to some black studies scholars, right? He has all these people at his disposal and his mama was a professor, so he knows. But part of it is that in order for Kanye to deem himself expert, he can't actually surround himself with experts because experts are going to critique. Mm. And Mm. that for me is the fundamental flaw of Kanye's ascendancy into greatness is that when you really are a giant you surround yourselves with giants without the fear that they will take you down, cause you're a giant, right? So, so what are you, what are you, what are you afraid of to learn the true history of Black Jews? What does it mean to learn the true history of Black people, the true conditions under which we live and are living, right? So, what we're in right now is the moment where we're watching Kanye spiral out. Now, I want to give some acknowledgement to how it is that poor mental health works out.
1: Mm.
0: You know, I heard people say, yeah, but, you know, just because he has poor mental health don't mean that he's going to be anti-Black, anti-Semitic, and sexist. But actually, what we do know is that oftentimes when one has poor mental health, one confuses reality and truth. One misremembers, (laughs) one can um, misassociate, A lot of things can happen. We don't even know what his diagnosis is, right? So even as I say he's intellectually refusing, like I know people who are diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder. And who's to say, don't Kanye sound like it? I mean, even his mama said, one of the things that I love about Kanye is that he is decidedly different. And I said to myself, was that the beginning of him being Decidedly defiant. So you say, Black people are great. He says, they are right. <laughs> right. You say, you know, you say, you know, Black people vote for Democrats because they know their interests. No, Black people don't know their interests. What? Whatever you say, Kanye is going to say the opposite of it. So I feel like we're in a moment of watching him spiral out both in terms of his own poor mental health and his and his decisions not to attend to his mental health.
1: Wow. I, I am curious if there's anything you feel like I missed or anything you would add uh, to the conversation.
0: I think we spend a lot of time harping on Kanye's acts, Kanye's foolishness, Yay's not being political enough, Yay's being too political. And I keep saying over and over again that we as a media have not, really held folks accountable for the ways in which they advance and enable this rhetoric. I'm looking on Instagram, seeing folks agree with some of this anti-Semitism. Seeing folks agree with some of the sexism, anti-Blackness. Seeing folks actually try to somehow manipulate history to align with Kanye because they want Kanye to be right. Are we really that invested in a Kanye West? Mm. This is a fascination or fetish with celebrity. And we have to really be honest about our own fetish with black people's preoccupation with white people's stuff. We are too preoccupied with black people who are in white people's stuff, right? We don't spend enough time talking about black people who stay within black community, who stay within you know uh, black social and political spaces, who really are committed to the wellness of black people. Kanye spends a lot of his time trying to get white people well. The whole Sunday service for me was about how can we get white people well? Through, through gospel music. That's a choice, right? I'm not saying that he shouldn't look out for his fellow person. But when that is your dominant audience, we need to be offering critiques to that. How did you leave the audience that raised you and then try to go and raise white people? Through white evangelical Christianity and a conservative Christianity at that. Right, so I'm, I'm just not, you know, I'm not for it, and so I want to say that we have to begin to be more critical of ourselves as we take in uh, so much of the debris that Yay and others are throwing at us.
1: Wow, well said. Jeffrey McCune Jr. is an African-American literature professor and chair in the Department of Black Studies at Rochester University. Jeffrey, thank you for this conversation.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And that's it for today. Thanks to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. I produced this episode and Ariel also engineered it. Brendan Vanizak is our executive producer. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR network. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.